are back. The Flat Out RC podcast is back. The podcast where we talk all things radio control flight. We're talking radio control planes, helis, and drones. My name's Andrew Sill, coming to you from the land down under. COVID-free at the moment. I'll explain a bit later. But uh, we're back talking uh, radio control flight. And joining us this week, special guest is Jonathan Greaves. Good tale, always good to chat with fellow aero modelers. And uh, I said to Jonathan, you have to be on the podcast. I didn't give him a choice. Anyway, we got him on the podcast, so stay tuned for my chat with Jonathan. Anyway, before we get to that, let's have a look at what's been on my mind. Well, for those avid followers of the Flat Out RC podcast, you'd be aware that last week was one of the first times over I missed a week of podcasting, and that was because I got COVID. I was in the US the week prior, so I'd covered that week and the following week with some some guest interviews, so I was, I was well organised. Uh, I went to LA, then on to Vegas for a work trip. I was filming at a, at a conference there, one of my customers, and anyway, got back tested myself because I had a bit of a sniffle and tested positive for COVID, but had a very minor case, not a severe case at all, really. A touch wood, I got very, very lucky. Uh, just a bit of a sniffle, didn't get the sore throat. Had to go and isolate. My wife sent me to isolate with my parents, which was, that was a challenge in itself. Uh, the funny thing is she's ended up getting COVID now. So uh, she's currently in isolation in what I call the studio where I record the Flat Out RC podcast. I'm now in the, the backup studio, the study. Uh, so recording from there. But uh, she'll be out in, I don't know, a few days or something as I record this. Anyway, things are going well. She's surviving. Everyone's surviving. We're okay. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's winter down here. Uh, it's been flyable down here in Melbourne. But the, the big news is that the Festival of Aero Modelling has been on, as I, as I talk, it's currently running. And uh, so far, everything looks like it's been a, a cracker of an event. Uh, I know the weather hasn't played balls a bit up and down. There's always the challenge. It's not the organisers' fault if the weather's bad. They can't control the weather, but they're making the most of it. And from what I can tell, it's been a lot of fun. I am trying to get someone on for next week that was there to talk a bit about it. So just trying to line that up. Um, but I think it's looking good that I'll get someone to sort of give us the um, the, the the lowdown of how well that event um, went. And I think with these events, um, what I've got to keep in mind is that there's a lot of people that sacrifice a lot to put the event on for our enjoyment. So a big thank you to all those involved. You know who you are. I don't need to mention your names. You know who you are. Um, they've done a wonderful job. It's not only just organising the event and everything that goes on behind the scenes to put an event on and get all the permits and all that kind of stuff, but it's it's actually running the event on the day as well. That's a big challenge as well. And every time I've run an event, I've never actually had the opportunity to fly because I'm too busy making sure everybody else is having a good time. And at the Festival Era Modelling up at Inglewood there, um, you know, a couple of flight lines, which means you've got to manage those. But um, it looks like a really good venue for flying events. Be interesting to get the feedback from the pilots. But the Inglewood Airport, uh, two strips, a grass strip, asphalt strip. We had jets flying off the asphalt. Martin Pickering was there uh, as well from uh, Spain uh, and and his partner. And so that'd be interesting to have a chat with them as well. And I haven't had a chat with Martin for a while. So maybe once he gets returns home, I might be able to tee something up. But uh but yeah, 
I've said it once and I'll say it again. Events are one of the most enjoyable parts of this hobby. It, it just represents everything that's good about this hobby. If you go to these events, no one's having a bad time. It doesn't matter. You know, everyone's having a good time. It's just good to see other planes. Um, people generally bring their best planes out. Uh, so you see a bit of diversity, which is good to see. You know, we saw a bunch of whirlbirds, jets, aerobatics, gliders, helicopters, you name it. They're all there at the Festival Aero Modeling. So pity I couldn't get there. Uh, it is quite a, a distance from where I am. And COVID put a damper on everything anyway, uh, which is, I think, going to be a bit of a fact of life at the moment. You know, when I was away, I sort of predicted that I was going to get COVID and a lot of other people around me got it. Um, but uh, what can you do? You can just isolate and rest and uh, recuperate and go back flying again. So hopefully you've been getting out flying uh, whilst I've been away. And uh, and if you enjoyed the uh, Festival Era Modelling, send me a message, tell me what you thought. But uh, as I said, I'll try and get somebody on to have a chat. So stay tuned for more events that may be coming up in your local area. Time for my favourite part of the podcast, that is guest time. And uh, this week's guest is Jonathan Greaves. Jonathan is an avid aero modeler, as you will find out. Um, I met Jonathan at the Wang Jets event uh, and then saw him at the uh, one of the iMac events down here in Victoria. Uh, and he's just really big into flying model aeroplanes. And uh, so he'll tell us a bit about what he's up to. Um, but I do know he's a jet guy. He flies iMac. Um, so, uh, we will delve deeper. So over to my chat with the one and only Jonathan Greaves. Well, Jonathan Greaves is joining me today to have a chat about his life in aero modeling. I basically saw him at my flying club at the last IMAC event night, and I actually didn't ask him to be on the podcast. I told him he's going to be on the podcast. So Jonathan, thanks for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for inviting me. Well, where are you? Explain yourself. Who is this Jonathan Greaves guy? Where do you live and all that kind of stuff? Uh, I'm in Melbourne, Victoria, in Strathmore, just near uh, Essendon Airport. I've been here for about a year. Before that, I uh, grew up in Sunbury, just uh, just out in the western suburbs. Like David Gahl did. You're friends with David Gahl? Yes, we are. David has known me since I was uh, born, and uh, my dad was one of the people who... Uh, uh, taught him to fly back in the day, uh, along with the other Sudbury Club members. And uh, there are a lot of pictures of my dad and him flying control lines with me sitting in the bassinet by the side of them. Oh, there you go. Now, Strathmore is in Aviation Central. That's what I say. If you, you, you have to love aeroplanes if you're, you live in Strathmore. Do you work you work in the aviation industry, don't you? Yeah, I work for Jetstar as the operations manager. So I'm the guy, one of the guys who cancels the flights and delays the flights. Um, just running the the control room basically for Jetstar on the day of day of operations. So ah. everything that happens, we look, I look after it. Well, I'm a big Jetstar supporter, especially the Airbus A321 row 12A or 12F. Yeah, it's uh, got the most room. <laughs> you know it, and I know it, and a lot of other people don't know it. And I've actually, on my Instagram page, my personal Instagram page, I have a thing called 12A Life. I take a photo of my legs every time I get in a Jetstar plane or an aeroplane and show oh, people right. the leg room. And I'm a big promoter of Jetstar, even though my Very brother good. flies for Virgin. He says, what do you keep flying Jetstar? I go, 12A and 12F. Very good. Um, Very except good. my last flight, I do want to make a formal complaint, uh, was in Sydney waiting to come home. 
and they had to change a tire on the plane. Well, you got home eventually, though, yes? All in one piece. Do enjoy flying Jetstar. That's what we're there for. Now, okay, so we've got those formalities out of the way. Um, and you hinted that you sort of uh, were in, you were in a bassinet as a young child at the flying field. So I'm assuming that your aero modelling journey began before you were born. Yes, pretty much. My dad was uh, into it, into the two-metre gliders and uh, into the summary model aircraft club. And, yeah, I was born into it. Um, yeah, straight away. Now, so, okay, you had no choice. You were down at the field, but at what age did you actually start getting into flying yourself? Uh, I remember around the – watching everyone and chasing the uh, the parachutes from the bungees probably from about five or six um then started doing some control line um probably seven or eight and yeah so from around then that's when i started flying free flights um went to the wangaratta and horsham nationals back in 84 5 i remember doing all that type of stuff there Gee. and then um i was just thinking when you when you say the words bungee launch I've just got so many memories from the 80s and stuff when I was a kid, seeing bungee launch gliders and having cracked myself. Uh, yeah. What kind of gliders was your dad flying? Uh, the Bird of Time. Uh, uh, the Summary Club did a lot of projects. Oh, I've just gone blank. Yeah, the Bird of Time was probably the main one. Uh, uh, Aquila. Aquila, that's the other one. That's right. Uh, I got a, managed to um, get a couple of those. And then the old um, the Ricochets as well are very popular. These are the... Yeah. The thermal version. I do love a ricochet. I've actually got a pretty clapped out one actually in my my garage. I'm lucky to have three of them in my garage. Well, if you want to get rid of one, uh, just... Uh, no, no, no. They're I, not for sale. I thought we were friends. <laughs> I, I didn't say I was going to buy them. You were going to give them to me, Jolly. <laughs> <laughs> so... So, yeah, so you're seven or eight. You're getting into the flying thing. When did you start getting into radio control? Uh, I just had a go of that, so I would hold, hold on to the transmitter and so forth. Then we actually got out of aero model a little bit. Dad dropped out of it, and as a probably, I think I was about 10, it was kind of hard for a uh, a child to be in it without a lot of supervision. So I actually ended up out of it probably until my dad passed away, until I was about 22. Um, but I always kept everything, and at times I would build a model or half build a trainer wanting to get back into it. But never really got uh, had to drive, or uh, or you never really knew how actually. So uh, after um, Dad passed away, I got in touch with some older Sunbury Club members, and yeah, got back into it after that. So your dad must have been flying for a long time then. Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was flying and um, yeah, involved in the club and yeah, president, and secretary, and stuff when I was young. But uh, yeah, he never, he never got rid of the. The things, but he just kind of got out of it with work and shift work and so forth. Yeah. Uh, what happened to the Sunbury Club? Uh, what happened to it? Yeah, it's still there. It's still there. Have they, have uh, they got a field? Yeah, they got a field on Wildwood Road, uh, mm-hmm. just at the back of Sunbury. Um, they've only got a very small height limit, which uh, limits what they can do there. But there's a nice bunch of uh, retired guys there who. There's a few of them there that still remember me from a little kid. And, uh, yeah, they, they they mainly just do electrics out there, but they're a good bunch of guys. I didn't know they were still going. Yeah. Just looking now. 
Oh yeah, it's not a it's not it's not a really big field. Oh. No, it's very uh, it's very tight and surrounded with fences. But uh, when I got started getting into bigger aircraft, I had to move up the road to Northern because it just wasn't meeting my needs there. Yeah. So where you remember now? Yeah, Northern's my main group, Northern Flying Group. Um, the facility, that's obviously the state field here. Um, the facilities are fantastic and just caters for uh, everybody's everybody's need. It is true. There's plenty of room. And uh, we are going to get into some of the models that you own because you sure have progressed. So you're about 22, you get back into the hobby. Where do you go? Back to Sunbury? Uh, yeah, I was back at, I was back at Sunbury and uh, uh, got back in touch with uh, Ron Erickson, who was... Uh, the old MAAA um, president at one stage and heavily involved in VMAA. And uh, he was kind of like my second dad. So he took me back under his wing and got me back flying again. And yeah, started flying and I went to Shepparton and I saw my first 50cc model with him. And that really blew my mind. It was actually uh, it was amazing aerobatic edge 540 to see. And after that, I actually moved to Canada very shortly after that. Okay. And um, where did you go in Canada? Um, Saskatchewan, uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Oh yeah. And, and Winnipeg, Manitoba. And um, so you like the cold? No, that's why I'm back here. <laughs> <laughs> How long were you over there? Uh, four and a half years. Four years. Four and a half years. Um, Obviously for work. Uh, no, I actually uh, married a local girl. Oh, I see. Uh, um that, that's a different story but uh, it didn't work didn't quite work out but anyway um we'll put it down to the cold weather yeah that was it uh but, but joined the local clubs there and uh got to know one of the uh jet guys and then a giant scale guy um turned up and that was the first time i saw 100 and 180 cc he was flying and uh yeah it just blew my mind so i bought my first 50 cc wild hair Edge 540 and uh, got into bigger aircraft then. Okay, what year is this? Give us a time frame. 2000, 2005. Okay. And and I'm guessing you never have looked back since then. No. Um, we moved back home and I shipped all my models home, brought them all and created them up and brought them back here. Um, then when I got home, yeah, just started to, started to go to some events and see bigger models. Um, Ron Erickson uh, again took me under his wing. It was helping me a lot, and he got me back in touch with uh, well, with David Gale, which I always remember David as a kid. But because I was so young, I didn't really know him at that stage. And uh, came up to Brisbane and saw David's models, the big glider and the big decathlon, and uh, I was hooked after that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you're a typical era modeler. You see something and you fall in love, and uh, next minute you have to have it. Yeah, pretty much. I think I came home from uh, Brisbane and bought a the 150 inch pilot decathlon straight away, and bought a trailer, and uh, then bought some uh, big gliders mm -hmm. and got into gliding. Now, when you were younger, was there a direction in your in your flying that you were, were going towards, or was it a bit of everything? No, not really. So it was just a bit of everything. The Sunbury Club was quite small, so they had some indoor nights with the hangar rats and uh, control line was. Um, pretty much as normal back then in the 80s and, and I think uh, probably because dad did get out of it it just made it a little bit harder for me as a youngster to to really explore it at the age where I wanted to yeah. 
And then teenage years got in the way in cars and uh, all that type of stuff. Wine, women and song. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the usual. Look, I'm just going to say the usual because anybody that listens to podcast knows it's a recurring theme every week. Every male yeah. that I've interviewed gets to their teenage years and starts uh, getting interested in cars and women and finds alcohol. So uh, everything, that co- everything that costs a lot of money, you find. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And so, okay, so you come back in 2005. Interesting thing you said. You said you started going to some events. Do you think that if you didn't attend events, you wouldn't be into the models that you're into now? Yeah, most likely. It really opened up my eyes at what was out there. Um, and, and there were some events in Canada I went to as well, just seeing the the big models there and um, just, just having fun with them. I drove to a, uh, an event up in Gimli in Canada um, just for a fun fly up there. And, yeah, it was just really good to participate and, um, get out of the house and hang out with the guys type thing. Yeah, yeah, that's always a good thing. Uh, like I'm a big, big fan of events because uh, you meet new people, you see other models that you don't normally see when you just stay to your club and uh, broadens your horizons. Yep. But we all know that when your horizons broaden, that means you end up buying bigger aircraft. That's exactly right. Yes. Okay, so let's so so you, you come back mid two thousands or two thousand five onwards. You go up to see David Gale, you fall in love with a decathlon, you bought a decathlon and a glider, right? Yep. Uh, the next few years was just uh, just doing some gliding and aerotowing, really. Um, just we had the 6.5-metre Phoenix and the 6-metre AM uh, K8. And Aaron and David just uh, asking me to get into iMac, which I didn't really understand what it was. Um, I went and watched them once and all I really saw was people sitting down and one person flying, which was <laughs> didn't which didn't interest me at the time. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's not a great spectator sport, I say. No, that's right. It wasn't. And uh, But then, yeah, after a couple of years of gliding, and uh, I actually had a go of a um, – I bought another 50cc aircraft and I really started to um, enjoy it. I tried it a little bit, and um, yeah, I just really started to enjoy that. So I thought I'd uh, try and give iMac a go. Well, now you're well and truly involved in iMac, aren't you? How long, when did you start doing that? Uh, you're racking my brains now. Bendigo Nationals was my first one, so 2015, I think it was. Was that the one where it was really hot and dusty? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I think I came to that 2015 one. or 2016. Yeah, it's about um, right. So yeah, I wanted to compete there, and I um, I bought a three meter Edge five forty, went straight from the big one, <laughs> and uh, DA one fifty, and I think I only had about three flights on it before I actually um before I actually competed in this event, and Aaron and David called for me and got me through, and I took out um, second in basic, and went straight to sportsman after it. So it was uh. Very enjoyable weekend. Now you're, uh, what, what level are you up to now? Uh, intermediate now. Okay, so it's starting to get serious. It is going to be serious, but IMAC looks a lot of fun, and the guys don't take it too seriously. So we um, we all help each other, and yeah, it's a great bunch of guys. So, but the flying is challenging in intermediate, which is good. It's uh, negative snaps and uh, it, it is challenging especially the unknowns so i do really enjoy it it's a good way to improve your flying do you think your flying has improved as a result of flying imac yes definitely um yeah it's, it definitely has 
Flying gliders also helps because it teaches you how to land a plane first go mm-hmm. around and you have to. Um, That's true. But yeah, going to, uh, going to IMAX definitely improved my flying. Now, okay, let's go through some of the planes that you currently got in your hangar because that's going to lead us into many different paths, I believe. Uh, but yeah. what do you currently got? Uh, the main IMAX plane is the three-metre calf Sukhoi with the DA-200 in it. Um, the, those DA-200s are just amazing. They just keep going and going. They're a beautiful engine. Mm. Are, they, are they smooth? Yeah, they're very smooth. Yeah. It's, just, it's just a joy to listen to. I just love it. Um, I got a uh, 104-inch extreme flight laser. Of course you do. Uh, <laughs> but my one's different. It's white. Uh, there's not it, many white ones. White ones in Victoria. Why is it, Well, that's the paint, the printed scheme. The printed scheme, correct? Yes. That's the one that Brad Worm. Uh, you lent to Brad Worm, who did a freestyle routine. Correct. Yes, it seemed because uh, he didn't have a plane, so yeah, we borrowed mine. Um. So yeah, that's the freestyle. Uh, muck around play where I try to uh, try to do a few things and um, yeah so I got that one uh, a, a printed 60 inch extreme flight laser as well uh, which is a nice little buzz around practice plane. Now tell me about that because I'm, I'm, I'm considering a 60 inch plane uh, are you running it on a 6S pack? Uh, 5S it is actually 5S 4000 I think it is okay um, yeah, no, it's a, yeah, they're good fun. Yeah, it's a it's a good plane, very nimble and very quick. So, um, no, I enjoy it. Okay. What else you got? Uh, the gliders. Uh, so the fifty percent Bill Hempel K six in the, which is um, which I stripped back, covered in aircraft fabric, doped it all on, and was painted bright red so I could see it when it's very high. Mm-hmm. Uh, the six meter K eight. Glider. Um, still got just, it. Yeah, still got that one. So they're going to come out for the aero toes. Uh, and then recently just started getting into uh, jets, which are a lot more expensive uh, than I thought. All roads lead to jets. We know that, don't we? Well, I didn't never wanted to go down this road. I thought, no, jets are not for me. But uh, yeah, they are very enjoyable. They are. Now let's go through the jets that you've got. Uh, I've only got the two now. I started off, first of all, with the uh, Mini Advanti. That's now uh, living up in Queensland. Um, it was struggling on the runway here at Northern and on the grass runways the landing gear would bend. So I've taken that up to Queensland and fly it up there. Uh, i got the, um, the Viper, the FB Viper uh, jet in the Vodafone scheme. Uh, it was actually one of Tyson Dodd's uh, old jets who set it up for Boomer RC and it's been to Florida jets back in I think it was 2014 or somewhere around there. We took it over there. Um, What's that got in it? Uh, the King Tech 170, which was actually the, the turbine Tyson had in it over there. Um, so yeah, it's a, that's been that was my first jet, which is a lot of fun. I think you had a Viper, yeah. Ah, yes, Jonathan, I indeed had a Viper. <laughs> Uh, and I saw the I, video, it was very good. Yeah, well, you were there. Um, you probably saw the remnants, maybe. Well, if you go to Wangaratta Airport and go out, sort of look to your left a bit and go for a bit of a wander, you probably see remnants of it as well because it was scattered all over the place. There uh, could be, but um, I do love a Viper jet and and uh, always love the look of a Viper jet. So, um, 
think uh, I might be getting another one. That's a good idea. Yeah, it looks good. Uh, and then uh, recently I just got the, the big hawk going, which um, I've, was sitting up at uh, Aaron's house, which he didn't do anything with it for a while. So, um, what's, I, that, what's, I told, the, what's the story behind that hawk? Um, yeah, just something they, uh, Aaron had up there, and it was lucky enough to be able to pinch it for a little while. And yeah, so it's the um, FEJ uh, 3.2 meter hawk. And I uh, put the King Tech 260 in that. Yeah. And it's just absolutely amazing. It is so stable to fly. Yeah. It's just uh, it's just really good. We had, we had a little mishap on the first flight with a flame out, which uh, we ended up taking the gear out due to a faulty festo valve, but at Wangaratta, that was the first, uh, that was the remaden of it. And yeah, it's just, just beautiful to fly. It's a pretty big plane, man. Looks big. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, I like the big aircraft because they're a lot easier to see than the small ones. <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> but then we, a, few, uh, a number of podcasts back, we were talking about how if you've got small aircraft, just fly them really close to yourself, and then they look big. So, yeah, that's true. But um, yeah, well, I kind of figure out, you never know how many years you got left until uh, you may have to downsize. So I'm, I'm doing big now as much as I can, and uh, later on in life, you're going to have to get smaller, I guess. Well, or you get bigger, one of the two. Um, well, uh, so at the well, so at the moment, you've you've really split yourself between jets. Aerobatics and gliders. Correct. Yeah, they're the three main ones. Um, so yeah, I got, uh, I got a finger in a lot of ponds, and uh, yeah, go to all three events, which limits sometimes on how much I can do because I'm not solely on aerobatics or anything. But uh, it's fun. So you, you, I mean, I've got three very diverse groups of friends because some people just stay um, to the one discipline. But uh, it's great fun hanging out with all, all these different groups. It is true. I've always said that when you when you hang around with um, you know a glider group, say you go to Drillery or something like that, you have a ball. If you go to Wang Jet, you have a ball. And it's just something about when everybody's interested in exactly the same kind of thing. Yep. You know, versus say a fun fly where you know you've got lots of different stuff. But uh, it is special. But um, yeah, you and I are similar though. We've got the same kind of taste. I've got the the same three categories, and I really do. There's something about gliders that. I think I think what I like about gliders is that living in hope when you launch it that you might find something. <laughs> it's a bit like yes. fishing. What do you yeah. like about gliding? Uh, yeah, it was that. It's just trying to find a thermal. Um, I, I put a variometer in it now, which makes it a bit easier. Yeah. Um, but just just getting out there, and it's actually it, it is challenging to. Uh, Especially when you get a fair distance away from yourself at Gerildery, if you get right out the back there, and then you lose the thermal uh, trying to get back, it's uh, it's challenging. We had some great glider weekends at Canberra as well. I've driven up there, and yeah, it's just uh, amazing fun. There's actually um, Tim Morland got some uh, YouTube videos of yeah. uh, of me um, from from our Canberra flying, which was just it was just a lot of fun. Tim Morland's filming everybody, isn't he? Yeah, he does. He films a lot of people. He's a good yep. guy, Tim. I love that yep. field when Tim's there. You <laughs> always gonna have a good time and a bit of a laugh. Uh, yep. So, tell me a bit about the aero toe thing because I'm getting a bit interested in it. Because, uh, as I said, I love gliders and I love the look of scale gliders. Um, how often are you getting out aero towing? Well, I actually sold the catalog because I figured I, I actually like gliding more than aero towing. Um, mm. 
but it was I mean now I only get out once or twice a year to jewelry or if I'm going up to um to one of the events in Queensland we were at casino last year um but it, it's challenging to aerotate especially big aircraft you get the big Pawnee that uh David and Aaron have and just sitting behind that nice and slowly it's uh it's it's just really really it's challenging you've got to talk to each other you've got to trust each other especially during the terms that you both know where each other where everybody is and yeah you get off at the top of a tower at a thousand feet and it's it's rewarding just uh just getting up there and okay these big big gliders i've flown yep. smaller gliders but when we get when you get to that sort of six meter length what are they like to fly very um i guess spongy is the word they're very they're, they're slow especially my ones because they're, they're old time aircraft they're a slow airframe so they don't turn very fast you go you, you put the sticks in and then wait for it to happen um you do need to make sure you use rudder in turns and kick them over as hard as you can when you do find a thermal um but yeah it just everything happens a bit slower what's your longest flight uh, probably about 55 minutes, I think, on the red one. Um, yeah, about that at Jewelry. Just uh, just get up there and off you go. Yeah, I'm getting tempted. I've got an option to buy a, uh, a th- oh, close to a four metre or four, four and a half or something metre scale jet. No, not jet, scale glider. Oh, yeah. Which I'd want. And for me, you could put a motor on it, but I don't want to put a motor on it at the, on the nose. I just want to. Have it as a pure aero tow kind of situation. Yeah, yeah, that's good fun, and there's a lot down your way with that. And there's not a lot up this end of town for aero towing. Yeah, well, I, I'm a member down at the Packingham Club, and uh, Tim Morland joined, and uh, with his mate, is it Anthony? Anthony, yes. Yeah, 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 and um, and they'll they'll just go all day, and they've got it down they to do. a fine art. Those two guys, I've got to get Tim Morland on actually, because uh, he's great at it. They just tow each other up and uh they'll just go back to back flights and uh yeah they do they were at jewelry uh both of them and yeah i think they flew the most all weekend <laughs> have you seen uh, anthony's um all the telemetry stuff that he's been playing around with yeah they're right into it, it was pretty oh, his yeah. electronics even on his trailer he's got i don't know some alarms yeah. or something i don't know he's got all sorts of things going on okay so w- when did you get into the jet is it relatively new? Uh, yeah, I think I bought the first one probably 2017, but I didn't fly it for two years. Uh, so, no, it's rel- it, it's very new. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's, very, it's really only the last two years. I've kind of been really into them. Um, with the motor flight of the Hawk at the recent Wangaratta Jets. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you did mate in there. Yeah, yeah that, was the first, that was the first time I flew it there. Okay, and the um, and how have you found flying jets? Because they're sort of a different experience again to to everything else that you've done. But uh... yeah, well, they're definitely. Um, I mean, it's just the sound, I guess, the sound and the smell. It's uh, reminds you of being a kid smelling the nitro fuel. Um, it's just uh, yeah, they're just really, it's really fun to to fly along nicely. Um, I'm just starting to. I started to do some type of rolls and barrel rolls with the Hawk and the Viper. Now that I'm confident flying it, um, 
I kind of take things a little bit slow. I don't rush into rush into stuff. I want to get. Oh, I want to learn the plane first and learn where it stalls and make no, sure I can land. It don't do that. Just get <laughs> into before it start, before I start throwing it around. No, no. just do what I do. So, just hook into it. You know, chuck in a roll and some aerobatics, and then pull hard. Pull hard. <laughs> pull hard. I don't know. I'm uh, still annoyed about that. I didn't pull the elevator that hard to warrant that, but apparently, I had a uh, Cliff McIver, who's a you know an, a, a one of a well-known person down here in Victoria, taught a lot of people to fly. He rang me up and he and he gave me a bit of a tip, and and I agree with him. He said next time just let go of the sticks and let them, oh, yeah. and the plane will sort of recover itself. And I said, yeah. Still would have hit the ground though, Cliff. There was not enough height, and <laughs> and I would have yanked on the elevator and done it again. <laughs> but um, it wouldn't That's have come it. out very well, I don't think. But um, but I, I will be thinking of Cliff. I said, Cliff, now whenever I get into a spin like that, I'm, I'm going to have your voice ringing my ears, which is a good thing. I'm happy to have that. And I said, I appreciate it. But um, yeah. but yeah, apparently these Viper jets have got a bit of a problem in doing that. High, high speed, yeah, it was a high speed stall, yeah. Yeah, I've been uh, aware of that, so I've been trying to be careful with that. Yeah, too. well, thanks for warning me. Yeah. Well, I only found out about it that weekend. <laughs> after me. <laughs> well, I, I found right. out after it. Like People had said to me, oh, you can't get the um, Vipers too slow, they'll snap on you, right? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay, but I had it pretty much pinned and I was in downline and I, the plane was flying. Um, yeah. It wasn't slowing down, but, um, yeah, I'll be flying my next one a bit differently, I think. Yeah. But that's... Uh, yeah, sorry. yeah, the jets are... The jets are really good fun. So it's a great bunch of great bunch of guys there. How good was Wang Jet? Yeah, that was uh, that was my first big big jet event, and that was just a, a lot of fun. I can't wait for the next one. I really had such a good time. I don't know whether it was the mini beers that we were drinking or what it was, but it was. Um, yeah, they were bad idea. They were a great idea. Well, they resurfaced the drillery two weeks later as well. That's right. It's it's going to become a staple. Are you going to go to the Shepherd and Mammoth event? Uh, I think I'm actually working that weekend, so help me. What do you? How do you know you're working? It's September. I do the roster for a long time in advance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to be there. Uh, that is the plan uh, for, to to get to the Shepherd and Mammoth event. You could have bought one of your jets and the Hawk or something, and. That'll be good to see. What's uh, what's on the bucket list as far as models? Because I always know that uh, everyone's always eyeing off another model. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I would like to maybe get an F eighteen or something now. The sound of those are just amazing. Aerobatic wise, I'm quite happy with what I've got. I mean, the, the planes are um, fantastic, and I wouldn't replace them unless something happened to one of them. Unfortunately, my house I had to downsize house, so I don't have a lot of room to. Yeah. expand on too many extra models right now it's just going to be a, a case of replacing when damaged but hopefully no damage anytime soon yeah and i'm with you I know exactly what that's like well i'll tell you what when you got some of those massive gliders they'd take up a fair bit of space yeah they do i've got a pretty neat hanging system on the back wall where luckily the fuses are there and the wings are there so they're hiding behind the, the trailer um but yeah they do take up a bit, a bit of room that's for sure yeah, well, toys with their toys, as I always like to say. What about gliders? Right. Any gliders you might be interested in? Uh, a nice, um, like a nice thin wing, uh, Aries or something like that would be really nice. Uh, again, they're a bit hard to get in Australia, though, uh, especially the bigger ones. I'd like a big one, eight metres or seven metres or something. 
Um, so yeah, that would be uh, that would be nice one day. Yeah. But how do you how do you transport these big gliders? They must break apart. Yeah, everything breaks apart. It's four piece wings, the majority of them. Um, and yeah, fuse? just in the trailer. What about the fuselage? Do they break down or they fit? No, they don't break down. So no, they just fit. The rudders come off. Um, so yeah, just just they can just fit in. Lucky enough to have a trailer that's uh, big enough to to take them all. And how long's your trailer? Uh, four four meter inside oh, yeah. length. Okay. Uh, doubles as a uh, doubles as a, as a as a caravan when the planes are out of it to the blow up bed in and but camp in there. How do you go with the smell of? Um, do you ever like? Do you carry fuel in your trailer? Uh, only to and from the field. I take it out, and it's not in the trailer at home. Yeah. So. Okay, I've just got to. I pull my trailer out to to work on my planes, and uh, open it up, and the missus starts yelling at me. I can smell petrol. Yeah, yeah, I get the same thing. Yeah. Fuel lives in the back shed. I should maybe. Uh, I got a problem at my work. I started my motorbike in my office, and um, it still smells like petrol three weeks later. Oh, that's no good. Just don't start motorbikes indoors, people. And and do you know what I've realised? I've done it before. <laughs> but yeah. It's like that is just a stupid thing to do. Of course, I did it. I don't know. Uh, building. Um, sounds like you've done a bit of building. Maybe in your younger years. Yeah, younger years I tried the control lines. Recently, during the lockdown, I um tried a a flare tiger moth kit. Oh yeah, how'd that uh, go? Which was, uh, it went really well. It came together quite quickly. It was actually left to me from uh, Ron Erickson when he passed away in his will. And I actually promised him that I, it would get finished. Um, so, yeah, I built that and doped it and covered it. I got to the point of my ability. I, I'm not a good painter. So I've recently just had somebody else finish the painting on it for me. Um, Charlie Meeson, who is also the ex-Sunbury. Uh, Model club um, member back in the day. He's known me since I was born. He's just finished it in uh, in the grey scheme, like on the flare box, and it looks beautiful. I really can't wait to see it. Okay, so you haven't flown that yet? No, I haven't. No, Charlie should be flying it. Hopefully, when the weather gets better, and then uh, I'll be going up for a go. Oh, when the weather gets better, when's that going to be? At the moment, feels like uh, down here in Melbourne, it's freezing that's terrible if you want good weather move to queensland i think that's the answer did you live in queensland at one point in time no i didn't it's on my bucket list but <laughs> no i haven't <laughs> maybe one day well it's funny we, we look at the queenslanders and think oh they've got it better for flying it's you know warmer weather and all that but uh they've just had a bucket down on them uh for a while now and uh they haven't been able to go flying uh well we probably got a fair bit in at the start of the year they, they still get better. They still get more days than we do. But, uh, yeah, not good where the floods were, definitely. But uh, generally, it's pretty good up there. Yeah, yeah. Some beautiful clubs that have flown up up there. Tin Can Bay. Um, it's just a beautiful place to go to fly aircraft. Yeah. No, I, I haven't flown in Queensland, but um, I've been driven past Tin Can Bay. Yeah, lovely place. On my way to getting uh, food poisoning. So, yeah, it all was good. No, that's no good. No, no, I've told the story a few times now, but uh, so I'm not going to repeat it again. But uh, <laughs> I got sick of Tin Can Bay. So, uh, but I, I was amazed. At, oh, I was dri- driving along to Tin Can Bay and looked left and go, there's a flying field there. Awesome. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. So uh, what other events do you like getting to? Drillery, now Wang Jets, of um, course. Yeah, Wang Jets, 
yeah, uh, casino. So I've been there a couple of times. Um, and yeah, just try to get to a couple of um, big ones. It was the Shepparton. I've been there a few times. And then the Shepparton had the gliding event, Langarada, a gliding event that died off in the last few years. Um, but now it's just more just IMAC and whatever big ones I can get to and try to tee it up with the Queensland friends and where they're going, try to try to meet up with them so we can have a have a laugh. Yeah. yeah we have a lot of laughs, don't we? Yeah, for sure. It's pretty much that's what it's about, isn't it? Yeah. Anything on the build uh, desk at the moment? Uh, no, I'm just doing a slight repair to the Hawk landing gear. Um, the 60-inch laser, I just track the um the cowl on that so just fiberglass in that but there's no actual uh project right now no you're lucky just maintenance work yeah that's it just maintenance and just trying to keep everything airworthy uh there's a couple of old timers there that i'm converting to electric slowly which is uh which is quite nice um give it have a little muck around with those and I want to get back into control line actually at one stage. Yeah. That's the mission of mine to get back into that. So that will be on the cards soon, but not just yet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've never had a golf control line, but something that I would like to do, but I, uh, I recently saw a, uh, a video on YouTube of um, someone flying control line plane at the end, uh, falling over because they were got a bit dizzy. And I, I yeah. just had this picture of me, being that person <laughs> doing the same thing yeah, yeah well, that's just gonna be me uh, i thought it'd be nice nice to get back to my roots where i started and uh and, yeah give that a go one day it's funny how we've got this nostalgic side to us haven't we where we want to go back and try the things that we did in our younger years we're getting older i think that's what it is well yeah it is we are getting older but uh i, I don't mind getting older uh, you know i've got i've always had got different phases of my life and the older i get the closer i get to uh non-stop aero modeling rather than work getting in the way that is true yeah yeah well i think uh you're in a busy phase of your life with work and uh which gets in the way but how often are you getting out flying uh trying to get out at least uh once a week or once every two weeks at a minimum yeah. luckily with shift work i get quite a few midday midday week, week uh, days off so i can get out to northern by myself or with a couple other um shift workers and we go out and have a bit of a practice yeah. um, so you've got to miss the odd event with shift work but you can you can make up for it with some practice days that's true now when it comes to practice in your imac i'm always intrigued uh are you doing a fair bit of practice or what's your routine look like when it comes to preparing for imac events yeah if i go out there uh, before an event i try to burn at least 10 liters in a day so it's just one flight after another really just uh yeah, just to try to get your, your eye in a little bit and have a bit of a challenge, I guess. Yeah. Who do you fly with normally at Northern? Uh, usually Riley Sills and Mark Sills, oh. uh, Darren. Uncle and cousin, as I like to refer to them as. That's right. And yes. I'd just like to remind everybody, my surname is Sill, S-I-L-L, not S-I-L-L-S. I'm no relation, but I do call them <laughs> uncle and cousin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who else have we got? Darren and Michael. So they're kind of the, the main ones for, for IMAC. Um, yeah, no, Riley and I have had a bit of fun lately. We've been trying to do some uh, uh, precision aerobatics together. So knife edging down the strip side by side. And uh, oh. we, tried, we tried to do the Top Gun pose with our 
Jets at Mangalore recently who was inverted on top of me and uh, we got a cool picture of that. So That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Everyone wants to beat. Have you seen Top Gun, the new one? No, I haven't yet. I really want to see it. Yeah. Hopefully this weekend. Yeah, I'm hoping to get to get to have a look at it as well. Cool. Oh, okay, Jonathan. Um, final question. The question that everybody really looks forward to hearing the answer to. Uh, okay. And I really don't know how you're going to answer this one, but that's why I ask you the question and not me the question. That is, what has been your favourite model of all time? That you've owned, not somebody else's plane. That I've owned. Um, yeah, I think it's probably... Right now, I actually think it's probably the Sukhoi. It's just uh, it's just one after the other. The flights are just great. It just feels so locked in. Um, yeah, it's just something I'm very, very comfortable with. But uh, luckily, is very low maintenance as well. But with the quality... The quality aircraft and the quality motor and, and setup, it's just uh, just just makes life so much easier. Was that Richo's plane, Steve Richardson's plane? Uh, no, I don't believe it was. No, I think his went overseas. Oh. Um, this one, I think it was in Darwin. I forgot the original guy's name. Oh. Um, one of the iMacs, but yeah, there. one of the iMacs up there. But yeah, no, it's uh, just a very and it is a bit old now. It's been around for a while, but it still performs well and. Uh, yeah, just a very locked-in, solid plane. Well, that's see, see, that's an interesting thing is that we we see a lot of people flying the extreme flight lasers now, and a, a lot of people, a lot of the competitors are flying the hundred cc size. Where go back four or five years, and if you didn't have a three meter comp aft, then you know you weren't an iMac in a kind of way. Uh, and yeah. you know, I see the advantage of having a big plane, especially when the weather turns south and you've got a bit of a breeze and stuff like that. I think B's having a bit, bit bit more size to to things, but uh, you know, do you think do you like you've got a a laser, a one hundred four laser, and then the three meter? Yeah. Which one do you think flies better for iMac? Uh, I think the three meter flies better for iMac, but I think the laser is easier. And the first time I flew the laser, I thought this is cheating. <laughs> the way it can just. Uh, do a hammerhead and the, the rudder authority and, and uh, how it can handle itself is it, it's very impressive. Um, but I like the way the the three meter has a constant speed with the two hundred behind it uh, in front of it and uh, just pulls through maneuvers it's slower, I guess. And I think it's more scale than what the two point six meter punchier aircraft can do. Yeah, that's that's it's it's a good observation. I think um, that. Sometimes these bigger aircraft can give you the sense that they create more, more, more time. Uh, yes. You know, the, the, the 100ccs are sort of faster um, and you see people fly them faster. But what is interesting is this move to the 200cc size planes in a lot of those iMac planes where we used to see 170s and, and all that kind of stuff being sort of the norm. Yep. Now we're up to 200cc and I always have questioned a few of the old older iMac guys that have been around for a while and said, why did everyone go to 200 yeah, I don't know um, whether you need it or I know it's better, but I think these ones just run smoother than probably the old ones. But uh, yeah, no, they're just it's, they're a beautiful size plane. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, it's been good to get to know your story a bit better. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'll be seeing you around at different events as I normally do. And um, yeah. thanks for joining me on the Flat Out RC podcast. 
No, it's all good. Thanks for inviting me. And uh, just want to say thanks to everyone who's helped me over the last um, few years, and especially to uh, the Gale family, who um, we're obviously very close with. Um, who, without without them, a lot of this stuff wouldn't have been possible for me. Um, they've, they've helped me out a lot, and the, all the friends that we make through this um, through this hobby. It's great to hang out with everyone every weekend, every weekend or every week, or every event, and just enjoy each other's company with um just as mates it's, it's just great with, with no drama or anything like that we really enjoy hanging out with everybody except david gull introduced us to mini beers that's all right he's introduced me to a few things the last few years though <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's probably the least one i've got to worry about yeah <laughs> oh well thanks jonathan we'll talk soon all right man. thank you for talking to me. bye about to leave already packing come with me i'm not really asking we'll get away to a place where we don't know another episode of the flat out rc podcast done and dusted a big thank you to jonathan for joining me for that chat always good to talk to fellow aero modelers it's good to be back uh I haven't done a recording for a couple of weeks uh, because I've been because I was away, but uh, back on deck now. No major major trips on the horizon. It's ski season. Be doing a bit of that coming up in the next few months. But then we all get geared up for the Shepparton Mammoth event happening in the middle of September at Shepparton. That's always a good event. So that's I always say that kicks off my springtime flying. Uh, we get past the winter months. And Shepherd and Mammoth comes at just the right time to get into it. So uh, I'm working on my replacement jet. I've been chasing it up. My turbine's uh, still over in Germany. I uh, haven't heard any word on where that is at. But we're looking good for having it possibly by the end of the year. It's new jet up and running. And wait until you see the, the, the reveal video. Uh, fingers crossed it all comes to fruition and works out okay. But anyway, looking forward to that. So... Hope you're enjoying the hobby, getting in the shed, building a few models, getting up the field and flying and doing everything aero modeling. I'll be back next week. Hopefully with someone who was at the festival aero modeling. For.